1: Are we starting? Is it, it starting? Yeah, oh, we're good. good. We're right.
2: just, <laughs> you tell just, us. we we'll figure us?
1: out how to
0: edit it, and that's it.
1: I have no idea where to begin or anything. I just You're like two of my favorite people in the world. That's oh, that's the main that's reason. Cool I just now. want to talk to you guys Thank and you. pick your brains. I had so much fun last time you were here. I'm yeah, still Yeah, it was fantastic.
0: No, it was really interesting, that that last podcast. <laughs> you still
2: Hold the elastic. elastic. Be nice to yourself.
1: Oh, no, it's wor- it's, I, I've improved on how to good. use it. <laughs> and I went through one. I broke one. So is It's such a good process. It's...
0: Revealing, just, uh, elevating.
3: <laughs> don't berate yourself without, you know, celebrating yourself as well. What
0: That's do we call it? It Was Nancy right? Negative Nancy? No, it wasn't Nancy. No, it was
3: no, it's uh, Francine. Francine yeah, and yeah. Sophia. Yes. Snap yes. in the
0: mine. I called mine
1: negative Nancy. Yours was Nancy. I and yours was negative Nancy. Yeah. Very cute. <laughs> very, not creative, I guess, but it, it felt right. That's yeah, I just use important. her names. I That's just it. use <laughs> Sophia <laughs> and Francine. I love them so much. I did for a while. It worked. It worked. It worked really well. But I wanted a really cool name for like the good one. What's the good one's name? I don't know. I keep thinking of like Anubis, like something stupid and nerdy and like, you know, that's it. Yeah. I want it to be like very
3: telling of your personality. That's it. What the names of your (laughs) positive and negative psyche
1: are. (laughs) And that you could never get one good enough. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That it keeps changing.
2: (laughs) That's
0: really telling. Yeah. Anubis is pretty cool though. Yeah. What is Anubis?
3: the egyptian god of the afterlife. Oh, that's Anubis.
2: Yeah.
0: Protector oh, of, the, of the afterlife of the protector of the cemeteries.
3: The jackal. Yeah.
0: Jackal face god. That's I like used to line. be like
3: obsessed with uh, egyptian mythology when I was a kid and like my whole room oh, wow. was decorated mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I wanted to be like a little Indiana Jones.
1: You wanted to find shit, look at how, like <laughs> <Yeah>. water damage <laughs> so. on the sphinx and shit and be like it's actually 10,000 years old.
3: Yeah, that didn't really <laughs> pan
2: out. You still are an explorer, though, I, I would say. I am an explorer, I would say. Yeah. Have you been of, to Egypt?
3: Uh, no, I have not been to Egypt, but I did go to Jordan, and mm. I saw Petra. Me too. Um, Amazing, I actually, eh? at the time, I wanted to go to Egypt because the, it, like, if you go to where the Red Sea is, it's, it's very quick to fly over. And my boyfriend at the time, his father was going to be in Egypt, but you weren't allowed to cross over from Jordan to Egypt at the time, so I was never able to go.
0: When did you go? So
3: 2015. Oh, I was there too. At Soon, that time. Really? I was at Petra. Yeah. Recent.
0: What? <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. That's wh- I was. Uh, we did a birthright trip, so we get a free trip to Israel if you're Jewish. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. Yeah. So then we extended it. We went to Jordan, Petra. I wanted to go to Egypt, but at that time it was like a lot of politics going exactly, on. Exactly. Yeah.
3: yeah. There was that kidnappings too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so it was a really good idea to go over. But yeah. my boyfriend at the time, his dad was there for business. He used to go all the time, so it would have been nice. But. Didn't pan out.
0: How wild was Petra though? That was
3: whoa, whoa. I had this guide, um, who is a Bedouin and he has a cave himself that he rents out as like an Airbnb and there's Wi Fi in it. And I thought, like, he was like the nicest guy. Uh, he showed (laughs) us around and you know, rode a camel, it was great. It's good times. I, I went with a girlfriend of mine whose father is from Saudi. Uh, so she speaks the language and uh, we stayed in Amman. It was wow. An amazing trip. I Jeez. probably the best trip of my life, yeah, wow. I would say.
2: Very empowering.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm like mm. proud that I did that, you know, that mm-hmm. I I went and especially now that we can't travel and we don't know what the future holds on that. So, yeah. so You I'm got glad it. I, At least I, you have I'm that memory. I, I had the balls to do it, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, wow. I I just remember walking through those that like valley of rock,
3: the gorge, just going yeah. through, and then you
0: just see this kingdom chiseled out of stone. Wow. Yeah. It was... Yeah,
3: and like all the tombs everywhere, yeah. and uh, I mean it's a whole it's a whole village, right? I, I visited jerash too, that has the four le- uh, layers of architecture all stacked on each other from like, and it's a uh, Byzantine Bedouin. Uh, Roman and Ottoman, not in that order. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's uh, impressive yeah. if you could name. Yeah, them it's like, like that. I'm not that cool, but still. <laughs> but yeah, it's just very fascinating to see uh, the different kinds of cultures that can, you know, they're they're also vastly different, mm. and um, mm. their their values, whether it be you know like fancy and and. and uh, like, the architecture, like, Roman architecture is so elaborate, yeah. and so, you know, but, like, Bedouins had, to like, other values and other morals, yeah. and very simple. Bedouins are so cool. Those, yeah, those yeah, so definitely, cool. and, like, it, it just, like, to this day, there's the Bedouin community in uh, Petra and in yeah. Jordan, and, you know, they have their own schools, their own hospitals, uh, they don't, like, live that, that's, like, the difference in the values of the people, right?
0: They, they're allegiance is to whoever owns the land, if I'm not mistaken. So
3: I, I wouldn't want to speak out of turn, I don't okay. know. Okay,
0: that's from what I, when I learned there, because there was Bedouins in Israel, there's Bedouins in all different parts of land, yeah. and, and they're just like nomadic, they just travel, and whoever owns the land is just, they don't, they're not in politics or anything, they just do their thing. It's pretty cool. Yeah, the dude who yeah. showed
3: me around just got engaged <laughs> like yesterday, so shout outs to you, Mountain Wolf. I'll tag him, he's dope. <laughs>
1: With
0: a name like that. We should do a little intro, actually, because we missed that the last podcast. <laughs> can I can
1: I just say the ridiculous like similarity of us just jumping into a conversation and you guys like
0: connecting travel, on a yeah. travel location <laughs> <Last> <laughs> that time you was now were? Yeah, exactly. Oh, Chichen
2: Itza. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. oh it's true. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you been there? It's, yeah, I used yeah. to work in and live in Cancun. I was an entertainer. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. Uh, so I would, of course, went on a little trip to Chichen Itza. Oh Gotta yeah. go. I'm I'm the, the only one who hasn't been over here. <laughs> oh yeah, well that was before I got fired and deported. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have to get so into that's that. That's a story, that's story right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we have to
0: hear that. Uh, just maybe, like, quick ten seconds who you are, and just so people have context. <laughs> uh, ten no ten pressure. Ten seconds of who I am. Oh, take an hour. <laughs> <laughs> who
2: cares? No rules. Um, <laughs> Right now, I identify as a multidisciplined artist, a feminist activist, an erotic artist, and um, and I also my work, my day job, is in reconciliation. So I facilitate courageous conversations between indigenous and non-indigenous folk in Canada, mm. and um, I've built a curriculum with a team of incredibly intelligent people to uh, help uh, nice. further educate people on the history or shared history with Indigenous folks, so. Nice. Yeah, well. so it's a little bit about me, I guess. I yeah. do, I like to make things, <laughs> and I like to make things better. Sweet. Uh, in a nutshell.
0: I don't know if said, you said your name, so you're Amber? Amber. Everyone, Amber, Audrey, you were here before, so yeah. hey again.
3: Hi. Uh, a, like, well, we touched on it last time, but I'm yeah. a painter. I'm very active in the community. I try to do some... I've done some performance painting or some uh, collaborative projects. I've led uh, two Tunisian projects so far, which is where everybody paints at the same time, where you invite multiple people to paint. Um, and yeah, I'm a member of Wolf Lab, which is a non-for-profit that Amber started. Oh yeah, And that's a big tie (laughs) to our relationship. Sweet. And I also identify as a feminist. Uh, My day job is that I'm HR for a school transportation company for special needs children. And uh, very near and dear to my heart. So, I've got a lot of uh, opinions about all the COVID stuff going around due to that. So, (laughs) yeah.
1: We just had like a crazy... Podcast uh, like very yeah. <laughs> leaned on the conspiracy side and the fuck yeah, mask. You invited side in Jason Reed eh?
3: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we threw tips. it down on <laughs> yeah. Facebook the other day. Very politely,
1: mind you. Yeah, no, I mean, of course. I don't really know ish.
3: Jason, but uh, he seems like a nice guy.
1: Oh, you guys would break the universe if you talk to each other. It would be great to have like a like a solid microphoned debate. But anyway, that's yeah. a that's a yeah. topic for another. But I didn't I even I. I had no idea about this whole like. Uh, indigenous reconciliation thing like i mean that's part of the reason i wanted you on the podcast because i have no idea like about you i just tip of the iceberg like met you a couple times fell in love and i'm like who is this human being and the more i learn about you i'm like what the fuck that's so cool and it's it's i i I don't want to jump the gun or anything can you tell me more about that i'm really curious
2: about the what i do with my my day job
1: yeah, it sounds uh, fascinating.
2: Yeah, so I'm the program coordinator for this initiative. It's called the Truth, Healing, and Reconciliation Initiative. And basically, we just try to um, promote the truth uh, of our actual shared history and present reality. It's for my, my church, which I'm a Unitarian, and I work for the National Body, the Canadian Unitarian Council. And um, basically, when the um, Truth and Reconciliation Commission came out, uh, we decided to... Uh, stand by our values and we offered an expression of reconciliation which was to educate ourselves and as many people who wanted to on the, our shared history and and try to move toward conciliation or reconciliation as some people call it and um, we do that uh, in a a way that helps people process their emotions and their initial reaction to a very difficult truth you know we're going through a lot of that right now with all the racial injustice that we're mm. starting to see it's always been there, but we're starting to see it. So, um, that kind of happened in Canada, at least with indigenous folk, you know, in 2014, 13, when, when they started the, the commission and yeah, so basically I, I created a reconciliation through film guide where I take young adults on a little journey, uh, through the history, uh, using film and using art to help people connect with these very difficult well. emotions and and from that place of kind of uh internally reconciling with our guilt and our shame and things that that are nobody else's problem then we can kind of move toward taking action because a lot of people when uh, especially white people want to just solve a problem right away and not actually tap into the deeper the 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 deeper sources of what we're actually dealing with. And the, that's to... The root causes. The root causes. Yeah. So uh, we called it truth, healing, and reconciliation because we have to heal it within our own cultures before we can start building relationships. So it's kind of... Um, it, it It speaks to my my values. and uh, And it started because I wanted to make... Films. I wanted to make documentaries about restorative justice practices. So I went to university for communications and I minored in first people studies. I have a very indigenized life. I grew up in a very indigenized home and, uh, and then I don't know. I just started making documentaries in the North and in Nunavik and realized that how we do things is really important and not just why. And, Mm. uh, and then through just having that experience and being on this task force with my church, it just developed itself into its own profession or own—I don't wouldn't say profession, but job description. I I'd guess. I call it a Kinda.
1: vocation or something cooler because it's like your day job, like you said, but it's so—it speaks
2: to you, yeah. like it's so
3: yeah, and it's fulfilling. so woven into everything that you do. It's it's your yeah authentic person.
2: Yeah, and like I I get to speak with. Uh, really cool Indigenous curators and uh, educators and elders. My mentor is an Indigenous woman. She's an incredible artist. And I just interviewed her the other day, and she's going to, like, blow our minds on on my Medicine Women series. Uh But uh, I got to bring her to um, an American conference that was online, obviously, because of COVID. But she spoke to uh, over 70 people about her life story and, Um, but she, she speaks about oneness in such a beautiful way that people were able to, you could see the healing that was going on inside of them. There was a lot of tears shed and she was just really there holding space for people to, to look at mending this horrible harm in a way that's sincere and energized and, and long lasting. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, you keep saying shared history and it's like, Mm -hmm. it's one of those, I mean, maybe every instance is an important way of speaking, important way of putting it. And it's kind of treated unconsciously like a speed bump or like a cyst, you know, like this kind of lump. And if you, if you kind of feel back on, on history, so to kind of...
3: Like the thing that you said to me that hit me the most was uh, the importance of the truth, right? It's something it's a hard pill to swallow, and it's something that we want to glaze over. We just want to make it okay, yeah, but you can't unless you educate yourself and continue to educate you know your offspring and f- like further generations so that we don't forget and we don't repeat the past, mm-hmm. right? I mean, never forget is a statement that was made about a horrible time, and it's it, it means something you we can't forget, you know. Speaking the truth is super important,
2: and we're so forgetful, humans. Yeah. <laughs> we're really, really forgetful. Yeah. The
0: species with amnesia. Who, yeah. who keeps yeah. saying that? That's, uh, I think that was Graham Hancock. Yeah. A it's, lot of faith yeah.
2: traditions talk about the forgetfulness of humanity. Right. We have to. That's why we have teachers that come and tell us, you know, the the, the message over and over and over again. We have to be reminded, and that's okay because we're human. Yeah. We we're, we folly. It's yeah, absolutely. It's mm-hmm.
0: interesting because I didn't know much about this whole topic. Up until recently, I was seeing this girl and she works in Nunavik, I believe it's called. Mm -hmm. She's a criminologist and she works with uh, troubled uh, kids, Mm -hmm. taking them Mm -hmm. away from troubled homes and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. And she was just explaining to me what's going on over there. And it was just mind-blowing how I never learned this, never knew about this. And just, it's like Canada's like, like we just swept it under the rug. Dirty little secret. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's so scary when you really uncover what's going on. And it, it... She was explaining to me their culture and how beautiful it is and how their culture can translate and help so many of us in the way we go about life.
2: 100%. I mean, Inuit Inuit culture is incredible. I worked in Nunavik filming uh, an expedition of 15-year-olds between 13 years and 18 years old. They did um, a 90-kilometer cross-country ski trek in the tundra over five days, and I was fortunate enough to go with them and film this documentary and celebrate their resilience because not enough stories are told about resilience. And I think that that's part of the problem of this shared history and this telling of the story is that often we got caught up in telling of the, the painful parts and Mm. we start painting a picture of these downtrodden people. And that's not, true they're just as multifaceted and resilient and full of grit and humor and joy and yeah and she fell in love with her her
0: culture like she she, yeah she was supposed to do that job for like 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 the longevity of that job she's in is usually like six months to a year and she's been there a year and a half just loves the culture just everything about it it's really uh it's it's powerful yeah my heart is
2: up north big (laughs) time johnny too
0: said that about about the north when he was there it was just So beautiful. He was in Callawood, he said? Yeah, Mm. I believe so.
3: It's important to have, like, footage uh, documenting, you know, like, this versatility, you Mm -hmm. know, like, all all of our entertainment comes from the same source most of the time, you know, Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood. But, like, to see these other places and and, um, what they have to offer, which is a lot, you know, we're so sheltered from that, you know. So I think it's amazing that you went and, you know, made this piece of footage. needs to hmm. be seen, you know. Hmm.
0: Yeah, it was a filtered. lot of fun. Where can we see it? Choose, by like. the way?
2: YouTube, okay. if you want. It's called... Uh, Jeune Caribou, I think, uh, two thousand sixteen or something like that. I'll put a link up for you if, yeah, we'll, if, yeah, link if you'd everything like. Uh, for it's those not, who not my. Speak French, it, Jeune it, Caribou. It, I'm not proud of the quality of some of it because we had a very short amount of time to turn it over, and um, we were working in minus, you know, up to thirty, <laughs> and with fifty-kilometer winds sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah. uh, there was t- two two legs of the journey that converged in the middle, so there was fifteen youth on either uh location cross-country skiing to meet at this central location and so there's two camera people and um my partner had an assistant and I had an assistant so everything is like a little bit off and now as a you know as I get more skilled at my storytelling and my my technical I don't know capability I watch it, and I'm like, oh, I wish I could have done it. That's just the artist in you, know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Trying to always get better and perfect.
2: Yeah, but you know? the story is yeah. is there. and That's the important part, right? Yeah, and I was able to go to Comox, to the Elder College there, and share that story with, with them, and just talk yes. about what it means to be a, a, an outsider, a cultural outsider, to be welcomed in, and like what what does it look like to you know, be careful about where you point the camera and what stories you want to share and, you know, to, to do it with a lot of honour and dignity for everybody. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, and also to, um, honour, uh, this is, I'm not sure if I would really like this in, but I will share this with you, is that one of our youth at the, at the end of the expedition took his, his life a week after, which is a very common, a very Mm -hmm. common occurrence, uh, you know, it's kind of, it, it trends and, um, you know, we had to go through a whole process of deciding how is it that we want to present this truth, you know, and that's a, pr- that's a result, a direct result of colonization. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's painful stuff. It was a lot of joy filming and then coming home and hearing that news was, was, uh, it was devastating for everyone, but it, what it did for me was, um, make me want to, you know, work harder for more, more and more healing.
3: Yeah. And still the responsibility that, you know, we need to live in a place in where that's not the case.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The dirty little secret wording that you guys used earlier, like we're talking about people like Mm -hmm. forgotten people, like treated in a certain way, seen in a certain way by like
3: community. Yeah. Communities that, you know, aren't getting the, uh, the respect that they deserve.
2: Yeah, and I guess it depends on what news source you're going to, to find that respect. Because I can see it when I'm on different, you know, like Facebook, I'm on, you know, I'm friends with people. So I don't see that stuff in the same way, you know, the beluga hunting season was just happening. And I got to see all the photos of these beluga across the land, like, you know, dinner. (laughs) My my yeah. one girlfriend was posting photos of her new earrings that look like it's called mactac, which is uh, bal belu- It's like uh, fermented beluga s- fat and skin, and she had earrings that were look like you know it's if you could smell this stuff, it's disgusting. <laughs> but yeah, I was like I was like Ooh, nice <laughs> earrings. Yeah, what is my
1: what, is, what do you want me to react? Yeah, but it's like <laughs>
2: there it's like candy to them. They love it.
0: I, I would try some beluga fat. Sounds you can try anything. Yeah, I've learned this about you now. It's pretty I pretty much
1: yeah.
2: that's important. I'll try anything once. I tried beluga fat. I, usually <laughs> <laughs> I ate a um, uh, seal heart dipped in beluga fat. It, it was sounds th- delicious. It w- the the <laughs> seal heart is delicious. It's like mm. sushi. It's like butter, but the beluga fat's a little bit too sea-like. I don't know. It tastes a little bit too much like... I love how it was
1: like a dipping sauce for the the
2: seal heart. (laughs) (laughs) It's like
1: intense when you say it (laughs) though.
0: Even when I was in Thailand. I was just in
2: Verdun when that happened (laughs) to a friend of mine.
0: When when I was in Thailand, I was just told like the locals like, just give me, I'm not ordering the menu. Just make me your dishes. Yeah. They were like, who the fuck is this white guy? (laughs) are like, (laughs) okay. Here you go. (laughs) You asked for it. It's funny, like food connects people because like as soon as I was enjoying what they had made, they're like, oh, okay, you're not like those fucking. So they just started giving me all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And they're just like, that broke the barrier of separation for like that little brief moment like oh we're just we're all sharing this experience you know
2: oh yeah and like the the guides on the expedition they brought their own caribou leg it was just raw frozen that they you just (laughs) slice into it with a a knife called an ulu and it's so good i i love frozen raw caribou i like caribou in all sorts of ways and then also the arctic char in the same same way but I don't, the beluga is just a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. For me, for me, for me. But, you know, they're like, mm, country food. Like, mm, yeah, mm, mm. it's like, you know, when you hum, when you eat.
1: Yeah. yeah. A lot of hum. I love yeah, that. Foods that
2: remind you of home. It's like, like they're, it's like they're marshmallows. Yeah. Mark on you, you know? What food reminds you of home? Oh, my God.
3: My mom is an amazing t- a cook. She was a, uh, she took a French cooking class and my mom is French. She's Scott O'Norman, which is a Scottish, a uh, French settlement in Scotland. And cool. um so you know, it was a lot of I find uh growing up in Quebec is probably the case with most people that grew up like Berlin, you know. Um, these like really meaty dishes like beef bourguignon, yeah. carbonade de beef, you know, all these uh she's an amazing, amazing cook. I mean, um I actively try to eat a lot less meat now. Um you know, I'm, I still do consume meat. Um, I'm working on it, but, uh, yeah, but it's still like, mm, if I smell it somewhere, I'm like, oh, home, you know, is
0: that an ethical reason behind, uh, your lack of consumption? Of uh, or I think it's,
3: I think it's an all over reason. Mm. I think that, um, I don't feel as well if I consume a lot of meat okay. and also ethically, I can't ignore the fact that I should at least maybe be working towards something more responsible. Mm. In general, you know, I, I, I'm, everyone's working towards being better at something. Yeah. Um, that's just what I'm thinking about these days. Uh, you know what, it started during, uh, COVID for me, I was, uh, thinking about the slaughterhouses and, you know, the, in fact, not the infection of the meat itself, but like the, the workers that work there and then, you know, having to slaughter, I don't know if you heard about this, they had to slaughter a ton of pigs that couldn't be sold, uh, because past a certain point, if there's no care for the animal, you cannot sell the meat, you know? And, um, you know, how, how sustainable, uh, these are all things that, you know, I, I think we were all forced to really face, mm. at least to a certain degree during COVID-19, mm-hmm. you know? And at the very beginning, when we were all hypothesizing, I think the worst case scenarios, not that it's over by any means, but uh, I, I think there was a point in time in where, you know, are we gonna be able to eat meat? Is it gonna infect our vegetables? I was having these conversations with Amber, like every day on the phone. <laughs> but. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so I just I start, I stopped eating as many meat products during okay. that period of time, and I have held up pretty well.
1: I, I'm not a. I, I like the weekday vegetarian idea just for the economy and mm-hmm. the environment. Like yeah. it's just getting out of control. Like that's my, but I, I guess I, I I emotionally and morally bypass a little bit because I just realized that any kind of like factory production. Even if it's not food, is killing something. Like that's the horrible truth. Is anything that's like, like, kind of global is destroying a environment, a a, a entire population of an animal. Sometimes just like okay cool.
0: It's kind of unfortunate that that's h- the that way we produce our food It's just like these m- slaughterhouses where like it's literally a concentration camp for these animals you know it's,
1: it's centralized yeah. that's the I, f- that's the l- logic yeah. well I mean it was useful for a time, but we need to kind of evolve our technology in a yeah. lot of ways we not have just technology
2: food. but also just like think globally act locally there's lots mm, of that's it. local yeah. meat and vegetables that we don't have to go to that process and I read the other day it's better to have uh uh a million imperfect practices than three perfect practices in the world. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's okay to do it imperfectly. It all adds up.
0: Yeah. I like that better. Mm -hmm.
3: I I think that, you know, we're all just, uh, like what a shame it would be to live your life and and not try to be more conscious. You know, we have all of these brilliant people every day telling us, you know, what we can do to make our lives better for ourselves, for the future. um, (laughs) So why ignore it? You know, I, th- I think even without telling anybody, without the scientific research, most people know, hmm. you know, recycle, you know. Uh, well,
1: they for, we forgot reduce, reuse. We had the three <laughs> R's growing up.
2: Recycling is <laughs> so much more convenient. That's I, uh, to Half of it gets yeah, garbaged anyway. You it. know,
1: yeah.
3: like, I, why not? If, if we have the capacity to be better, why not try to be better?
1: I mean the theme so far of the conversation seems to be attack the individual i mean maybe attack is the wrong word but like change is you know if you put a toll booth on a fucking highway a, there's going to be less traffic you know you can you can fuck with mob mentality and, and socially engineer the result you want but if you want like a lasting real a genuine change you have to talk to a person and see what's resisting and what what needs to be healed or what needs to be understood or, and like it's 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 where the real I love work is. You chose is.
3: the word "attack." Attack people. I did. People. Yeah. I was like, you said it, and I was like, I what? even, I, even <laughs> took, I took
1: it back. I was like, like for me, it's a battle. It's like a, it's think, a war. Yeah. With how
3: how much better than to be personal and intimate mm. and real with people and you know create you know important pieces of work that reconciliate, educate. You mm. know, the deeper we can go, I think, with people on these subjects, the better. Mm. As we can see, mm. right? We were all like locked up in our homes for a while, and all of a sudden everyone became really interested in political climate, and I thought that was really interesting and important.
1: Mm. Everyone's using the internet properly now. Yeah, like It's like, oh, I, I just have a bunch of information. Well, yeah, more. <laughs> more. <laughs> I think we got wise to, to some folly on, uh, on no, the social needs.
0: That's definitely a big plus from this whole COVID situation because it did put a breaks, uh, break on the momentum that we've all been operating on. And then I wouldn't say for, I'm not going to speak for everyone, but for a lot of people that I've encountered, it's like... A lot of people took that step back and just started rethinking mm-hmm. things. How how I'm operating my life, what's yeah. important to me. Yeah. And,
3: and like, not only do we have this time, we have all these things at risk now, right? Mm. So like, it makes you really think about things.
2: Yeah, mm. You're,
1: a lot of people mm. are in eggshell mode, like like walking on eggshells. Like it's
2: well, the cracks of the system have been so exposed. We're starting to see where we have really failed humanity. Our blind spots have been sh- like a light has been shone on them, mm-hmm. and and uh, we can't unsee these things anymore. So it's how we decide to respond is really key and it's going to be imperfect and everyone's going to have their own way of wanting it to be done. (laughs) And hopefully we don't go back to being so forgetful.
1: I think there's, it's like a, there's a cycle of stuff like this and you pick up new people and like a new amount of people. There's like a percentage Mm -hmm. that's going to remain increased, even though it doesn't, even though it might, that's a curve that might flatten too, unfortunately, but at least there's a, just a bunch of people like and, like eighty percent. Every all of a sudden, we're we're more invested in in the local and like we're thinking globally. We're acting locally. Yeah. We're, we're we're individually. See, we're seeing the importance of the individual and how that uh, trickles upwards into the the whole system. And
2: ideally, yeah, that's what's happening. And yeah. I like how you keep saying
1: it doesn't have to be perfect because it's a really good point. Like good yeah. enough for now is like not in enough people's vocabulary where we give up. Because it's not
2: perfect. Well, perfectionism is a is a form of colonization, and it's oppression, and it's uh, it's a way that we stop ourselves from doing any sort of good thing work. because it, yeah. it it means we have to be vulnerable, and it means we have to be wrong, and yeah. we're not good at that as uh, as uh, colonized minds, mm. you know. So,
3: yeah, I think that like um, as a people, over time, we're getting like slowly more like woke because like. Our, our cultures are mixing, right? Like over time we're traveling, we're, you know, mating with different people and like we're, I don't know, I just, I just think that we're, I, I took a marketing class that once talked about um, how people over time are leaning towards ethical marketing. So for example, at a time where it was a choice whether or not you had to put a label on a package of cigarettes about the cause of harm, people were happy to see it you know, because it's important to become ethical. And I think like 2020 was just like a super boost (laughs) of us, like everything that happened. Uh, it's been like one of the most intense years for like that mentality moving forward. But I think it's always been moving in that direction.
1: I agree. It's, it's, people treat it as a trend and like a co-opted trend. And then there's like all this kind of marketing towards it, but it's an, it's a, I think it's an upward, it's not a trend. It's like a, it's just a general human direction of like, oh, we're fucking up, and you yeah, know,
3: like, oh, kindness is important. <laughs> yeah,
1: <I would laughs> treat others how you want to treat me treated. All that jazz. Yeah. Like it's it becomes.
2: Yeah, it happened. Instinctual. It happened because we all got truly inconvenienced, and we all, uh, globally, universally shared a pain that we've never shared before. So we're able to see how other people are actually living on a day to day basis. So we can't ignore that the the pain is is. Is uh, connected, so like we can't. If if we're going to forget someone else is in pain, we're going to forget that we're in pain. It does happen. We are we are habitual creatures. So I I don't yeah. I don't have full faith that we're moving on this upward trajectory. I I think that it's going to be cyclical. We're going to have to keep getting reminded. Already, like uh, the, yeah, amount of, the amount of the amount of activism I've seen online has decreased. You know. Yeah. Uh, mine, mine included, but I do mine in a very different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, they talk about performative allyship right now; it's a big term, and and it's you know showing that we care, but I, we don't always care until we're truly inconvenienced. And I think COVID was that gift—a gift of inconvenience for us. Mm. You know, not I. I was lucky; I wasn't a single mom with kids at home. Uh, I didn't have a job that was under the table, you know, I, I had, I, I at one point finally had access to CERB and, you know, so I was okay. I was living in basic luxury, getting to stay home with my boyfriend. And there's a lot of people who don't have anywhere near that, you know, lost businesses, lost jobs, lost uh, houses, everything. Well, just
3: think about, you know, not only was it the elderly that were in the palliative care centers, there are people that are just in palliative Mm -hmm. care. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And a lot of
3: is a nightmare. A nightmare situation. Mm-hmm. I cannot fathom um, you know, it, it it was uh it's a war in itself. It's not against another human. It's against a virus. And, you know, that was a genocide. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it was absolutely horrible. Um
0: Well, It exposed how unprepared they were too for that, for that, in those environments and how neglected it was. Right. It appeared at the surface, oh, we got our shit together. As soon Mm. as this happened, there was just so many people just fucking died that shouldn't have, that could have been saved or could have been avoided just from sheer negligence.
3: Right. And it just shows like, you know, what kind of jobs and how we pay, like the whole thing that happened about, um... You know, obviously the people that are going to be doing the jobs at the CHSLDs because of the, the rate that they're being paid are usually people who are immigrating, who don't have their quality so that they can't like teach what they taught over there or practice what they pr- practiced in their country. Yeah. So They're taking on these jobs. And then when we had a promise to get everyone moving and, and get everyone on these special programs where they could train, the previous work that these immigrants have done were not eligible so it just kind of goes to show like how we treat our people and the class systems that we mm-hmm. develop just in terms of the jobs that we have available um, mm. is really, uh, like you said, it really exposed all of the cracks in the system.
2: Yeah, mm. and imagine like it hurt, like it hurt me to go through, like especially the initial, initial phases of, of COVID. It was devastating for me. Yeah. And in many ways, I lost a lot of things. But um, to think that it hurt me and I was doing so well, that to me was the most kind of poignant moment for me. It really connected, like my heart just felt cracked, cracked open mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. I feel similar. Uh, like the, to, I mean, everyone feels like uh, uh, they kind of undermine their, their emotions. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's just me and and most people I talk to, but you, you feel so you're, you're like, it's like your intellect is saying, look at all these reasons to be grateful and you still feel like shit so you kind of have this internal battle and then even that internal battle seems kind of petty in the face of like real dangers real issues real physical like health issues economic issues like there's so much devastation and I'm just like well I get to work from home now (laughs)
2: like there's there's I think that that like that hierarchy of pain doesn't serve us as humans it's a pool it doesn't. it's a pool yeah. it's an ocean, and that's really what we need to swim in and not like there's no uh top top person who's suffering the most. No. And if you We're play
0: that game, you're just going to always find someone who has it worse off and worse yeah. off. And yeah. it just, it's just a spiral, it, it's fractal. Yeah, right?
2: yeah it's, meant, it's meant to connect us. It's to, it's meant for us to have compassion.
3: The the spectrum of human emotions mm. is mm-hmm. available and will happen to everyone. Everyone, Absolutely yeah. everyone. Paris Hilton is jealous of somebody.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's I always Thomas. say the worst day of your life is the worst day of your life. It doesn't matter yeah. Yeah. what's happening to somebody else. Yeah. It's hard to internalize that sometimes, but it's true. And... And it's funny because COVID, like you said, it like kind of revealed a lot of that mm-hmm. and kind of made us feel this pool instead of pyramid vibe. And it's, it's interesting. I don't want to get too complicated about it, but like sometimes empathy is like overwhelming and then it turns <laughs> into a kind of individual, like an internalization of, of like pain that might not even be yours. And there's this kind of contrast. Obviously, it's linked, but compassion is like a little different where you feel for the person, but you don't, like, take it on. And there's a really interesting balance between those two that a lot of people don't strike. And you can be very empathetic, but you're kind of actually, like, narcissistic. You're just, like, taking all of this emotion on, but your life is okay, and you're, like, freaking out. Whereas someone who has no empathy is obviously a little bit, I don't want to say useless,
2: but, like, there's... They're just (laughs) protecting themselves. We're here to witness each other. Yeah. We're, We're not, you know, we can't carry anyone else's pain, but we can see each other in, in yeah. their full experience of like the best day of COVID and the worst day of COVID can maybe be the same day, same mm-hmm. moment. It's yeah. complicated. And, and how it's you process
3: to... your empathy is also like your responsibility. You know, mm-hmm. you can be empathetic towards someone and, and be a witness. You know, that's something I had to learn to just, I'm not responsible for other people's happiness. <laughs> I can, you know, be a witness to pain. Um, And I I think most people are just looking for a witness. Most people know how to figure their shit out or at the very least want to do it on their own. Mm. Uh, I think that, you know, sometimes when Mm -hmm. you really love somebody or perhaps you don't love yourself enough, you can want to try to fix that person. uh, But it's not your job.
1: And I think personally speaking, I'm not going to project this onto anybody, but I think it might I might have some stupid savior complex that is just in me for whatever reason. And, uh,
2: sorry. <laughs> 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 I have a savior complex. i are apologizing too. <laughs> Myself. Okay. Um,
1: I just find okay. it funny that, um, I might expect my emotion to be other people's problems because I expect theirs to be mine. There's like a little, there's like a-, a Boundary. Throughput there, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting.
3: Well, you know, Uh, these people people that that you're operating with, you know, are, are you coming from like uh, a full place? You can be a full person, not even a little bit, uh, (laughs) and, and you know, still experience pain and, and, and ego and whatever it is that you're, you're feeling, obviously the spectrum of emotion belongs to everyone, Right. Um, but, but if you're Hopefully. coming expecting to be filled up by someone and you think that that person is expecting to be filled up with, by you and you're fucking up, like. You're describing codependence. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. It's, it's not a very good thing. Well, yeah. this comes back
0: to the individual that we were talking about before. Strengthening the individual Always. is the best way to be a support system for everyone around you. Right. You know, it's the individual needs to be looked at, observed and worked through.
3: Right. That episode of Midnight Gospel where they're talking about the walls of the apartment are your feelings. And when you're so close to your feelings, you've got no room to walk around. You've got Mm -hmm. no room to let anybody into your apartment. You know, Uh, that really resonated in me, you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I always look at it like my our boundaries are a white picket fence, you know, Mm -hmm. and we can and intimacy is opening the gate and allowing someone in or them opening the gate and, and allowing you in. Yeah, That's beautiful. Yeah. Otherwise, it's abuse. If someone's crashing your gate yeah. yeah, or, you know, um, and otherwise it's not true empathy or it's not true compassion. Mm. If we're not holding true to our boundaries, because if we don't respect ourselves, we're not truly respecting the the other. It is an imperfect practice <laughs> and we are constantly <laughs> being reminded of our forgetfulness. Yeah. Vulnerability is thing. such a key word. Yeah. such a powerful, yeah.
0: hard thing to do and to maintain. It's I guess you thing, live my life by it. it. Yeah, Yeah, yeah Absolutely. It's, but that's what more people need. And the more people, I think, are craving vulnerability and they don't maybe know how to to express it. But it's coming up more and more, mm-hmm. especially in a time where COVID destroys the barriers and we're all kind of experiencing this panic together. Puts yeah. up
1: new barriers.
2: Yeah, we're open yeah. wounds that's right now, you know. But the, the wound is open. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's a key point where that offers healing or protection. But there's the two choices that you can make.
2: Yeah. And know. like, let's not sew it up too quickly. Let's take a good look at mm. this wound. Why not? Yeah. We're here. We're human. We get to have an opportunity to, to really look inside without judgment, you know? It's okay.
1: That's important. I mean, like, the, the benefits are not obvious, maybe. Maybe they are intellectually, but there's this this emotional instinct to heal. Mm-hmm. Air quotes, hardcore, like, just heal fast. and like, oh, I don't want to feel this way anymore. <laughs> there's so much value to feeling this way. There's so much in, under that wound, you know? And you're just like, eh. I'm scared of bleeding out or whatever the it's analogy is. It's the gift yeah. of life. It to, really is. To feel really the, is.
2: this broad spectrum that Audrey was talking yeah, about. Yeah, I think
3: that feeling pain, like have you ever just like got in your car and put on, like even if you're in a good mood and you put on the saddest song like three times in a row just to like fake cry your way to the highway? <laughs> like I I think <laughs> that... Once a day. week. <laughs> once a week. Once a week. You know, it's a, it's a good feeling to, to be able to... Uh, you know what, like, if, if you've ever experienced depression, there's, sometimes it's just numbness, Yeah, yeah. you know, and I think that, that that's a real killer. That's really mm-hmm. hard. Uh, but even then, you know, uh, if you have the ability to observe your emotions, to be the great observer, um, to understand and forgive yourself. Yeah.
2: Hmm.
1: The highway to that observation for me a lot lately is compassion.
3: Mm-hmm. I,
1: it's, I thought, it, I kind of put the horse in front of the carrot, or the carriage in front of the horse, and right. Then I realized, like, I, I want this observer to feel compassion, but I needed to feel compassion to get, to create that space. And this is, like, a, I just touched on a huge new thing in my life. Yeah. It's going to open up. No, I'm done. That's it.
2: <laughs>
1: all this cool talk about vulnerability, and then it's like, I got to go. I got <laughs> to think. got not me. I double booked.
2: <laughs> I've got a thing. Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, I think uh, it's, it's a big, big gift to other people. Uh, if If you can manage to be compassionate towards yourself and be kind to yourself there's there 's nothing there 's no greater gift you can give someone than to just be happy
1: yeah I'm, a lot of stuff relies on kind of permission. a lot of people just have this natural appeal to authority like we 're just social monkeys right like we want to know what we 're allowed to do, and everyone does that to a degree but like if someone is living a certain... That's why it's like live by example, like lead by example. Mm -hmm. That's the whole... That's the mechanism. Is like you could tell somebody something all day but it's going through this maze of filters and ego but if someone is just living a thing and it works, you have definitive proof. You're forced to see uh, another side of reality or whatever you want to call it.
2: Yeah, that's if anyone's... Go, please, oh, please, please, please,
3: please, Well, please. Like, what works for me that might not necessarily work for you, too. We can't go around yeah. just, like, chiming our story because, like, my trauma is <laughs> not your trauma, you
2: know? like.
1: Oh, it's it's hit or miss, for sure. We talked about it last time you were here, actually. Yeah. It's I, hit or miss. You just hope it helps somebody and you, you don't overshare and you don't undershare.
2: Well, no, nobody's really listening. I mean, people are just trying to tell their own story and... And when authenticity, you know, when we, when we see each other, when we get to bear witness to each other and we get to be fully seen and and heard and we get to fully see and hear, that's when, that's when those magic moments happen. And maybe someone is inspired somehow internally and then, you know, it's Mm -hmm. all inside anyway. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. Something I do Mm -hmm. when I'm like actively listening, I ask a lot of questions, listen to somebody and ask questions that go with the story. Like it's, it's not about what you have to say, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, I think that that 's really helpful
2: I heard this uh rhyme once those whose opinions are changed against their will have the same opinion still like mm. you just can't <laughs> we 're not here to change minds we 're not we 're here to go where the love is and expand you know there, not to necessarily like bang our head against a wall and like force people to change who they are, but to resonate in the parts that that can in that pool of of that that like shared of, uh, experience yeah,
1: yeah. i, I, I well, I don't know. I have too many things to say. It, there's, mm-hmm. I, I, I sometimes feel like advice doesn't exist, and like you, you touched on it. Like it's kind of a perfect storm. If you do or say something that lands for somebody, it's mm. it's like it's like le- it's like it's like throwing the dart blindfolded. Like there's no point in trying to master that. It's really just take care of yourself, and right. something will pick for somebody. Yeah,
2: and if the motivation for trying to give advice is to is to help and it makes you feel better, then it's a moving target. You're never really gonna feel mm. better. You know, you have to just kind of use yourself as your own compass. And yeah. and if, if you're sharing, like if you're an artist and you're expressing, you're reflecting back your experience to the world, if it so happens that it moves somebody, that's great. And if it doesn't, you know, no harm done, but it can't be done uh, with hopes of changing the world necessarily. Mm.
1: I guess you'll just get discouraged if you hold on to the, yeah. the end result.
3: I think there was a point of time in my life and where I used to give a lot of advice and it came from a really good place, mostly mm-hmm. to my girlfriends. Mm. Uh, and, and it was always like in line with what I had lived. And there was a point in time in my life where I gave a lot of advice and I asked for a lot of advice yeah. because I wanted to be heard and I felt unsure of myself. But I've come to a point in my life where I don't ask for advice and I don't give advice anymore. They, they come together. like I'm, Because I, I know what I need to do. And I'm confident in myself that I can do it. And also, like, making art and being in a tribe where all of these women are living these examples that I get to know about or see or witness on an intimate level. Um, really, it, it does create, like, this nat- like natural magnetic field that sort of guides me. Because subconsciously, I'm watching all of this unfold and I know what my values are, you know? So... There, there's no need to to ask for acceptance and to, to give myself unconditionally. I just exist, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, the, you, you knowing your values is like what allows you to do all that. Mm-hmm. There's this there's this like ubiquitous advice of, of like being your own master, and a lot of people are like, what? How? What? How do I do? Like, tell me how to do that. And it's like you're missing the point. <laughs> it's it's what you said earlier about just being okay with like stumbling a lot and just. Embracing the imperfection of it all, and it's not comfortable at first. And maybe it never is, but then you just kind of hit that observer, and you're comfortable with being uncomfortable.
2: Yeah, and it's also okay when when you really do need to seek advice. You 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 seek your counsel, who know you and want the best for you, and you trust what they're telling you. You know, I've I've definitely even recently was hoping to get some feedback from someone whose whose opinion mattered to me, and and I was reminded very quickly that their opinion should never matter to me. Mm that that's one source of, 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 you know, validation or feedback or something that, that has not earned my, my need for that. Too much
1: real estate in the brain. Yeah. Disproportionate.
2: Yeah. Like, um, you know, so, but there are definitely like, I I have a mentor and I seek her advice, you know, what do you think about this? And, and, and she'll tell me, but it doesn't, it never comes unsolicited, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and when it does come, uh, I listen and, <laughs> and, and I very much consider what's being said. It's not just me wanting to hear my story bounced back to me over and over again, which I think happens when we're in that, you know, how much, how many councils can we go to? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But so, it's true. The lab has uh the Wolf Lab has this like magic quality of, of people learning to, to live their values independently as individuals in a collective which is really powerful. Was right? that your goal? Powerful. Garden? Yeah. Yeah. It's Nailed in our it. it's it's in our <laughs> It's in our mission statement, it's in our vision statement and it's in our covenant. We have we have uh, pre-agreed upon rules of engagement and and that has to we 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 speak kindly about ourselves and we pay full attention to one another and um you know we speak up when our boundaries have been crossed in a way that that doesn't carry on and you know we respect each other's privacy and uh and we ask consent for everything so there's a lot of uh, intention behind what we do
3: it's it's like a church right where all of these people that are seeking the same thing are uniting mm. I said it to you last time. It's really like Wolf Lab is like the church of whatever it is we preach. and
2: uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what is it that we preach? I don't know.
3: Economic infrastructure. Oh, yeah. (laughs) What are the four pillars? We have four pillars. Don't make me remember them. Uh,
1: (laughs) They're on a card somewhere. (laughs) I
2: can remember them. I can remember them. There's creative process, self-discovery. Keep going, girl. (laughs) Group props. Did I say group process? Group process.
3: And developing. I remember the economic infrastructure. E- economic
2: infrastructure, group process, self-discovery, and creative... Entrepreneurship. Uh, no. oh No, creative... Exploration. Creative yeah. exploration. Um, okay.
3: So, you know, it, it's all of these uh, like-minded people, and we're all meeting to do these things together, and uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work quite as well. And the people who end up, you know, sticking around... Uh, we're, we're banded in this like-minded and, and like emotion. How yeah, did this come together? This
2: process. Uh, I have a studio space, and I love my artist friends. And I wanted to create a structured playground weekly for us to create something out of nothing, uh, with whatever tools and skills and food we brought that day. And it started as a co-ed. Experience, and then I noticed that it was just women that were sh- really showing up, like in a, in a bigger way. And so I realized that for us to really fully express ourselves, we needed to feel—I'm uh, I- going to say—safe to do so. And uh, and so I just changed the <laughs> the format, and um, we we get together and we share a meal, and we we go over our mission statement and our vision statement and our covenant and our four pillars. We check in with each other and, um, and then we have a long-term project and we have our individual stuff and we just mm. support each other in whatever, whatever thing we're doing. Yeah. Like Audrey had her unfurling vernissage, and yeah. we all got together and supported and promoted her and. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah it's well. their
3: strength in numbers, right? So you yeah. have all of these people backing you up. Um, you know, as soon as I told them that, that I had this Vernissage opportunity, they all wanted to come serve wine, yeah. wear my t shirt, you know, it was pretty it's it it does feel like you have like an army behind mm-hmm. you, you know. So cool. Um and it's all these really rad girls who also make art, you mm. know. Like we have the coolest people in our wolf lab. We really do. <laughs> like we're 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 a nice little crew. Um and everyone has their their vocation that they bring to the table. We're working on a project right now that you know everybody. Yeah, it's a pretty an amazing project, but everybody has their own role and everything just fits in so well. It's like a little puzzle. Like we all we all bring our ingredient Ooh, it's like to the recipe. <laughs> kind of, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> kind of, yeah. And it's a process. We don't really know exactly what's happening next, but we know what's in front of us right now, and then we make decisions going on and. And uh, yeah, like we had a meeting last night to go over some logistics and, and, uh, you know, it was very, there was a lot of, a lot of ideas and a lot of decisions that need to be made. And, and then it made, it became very clear that we just all needed to take on our own clear role.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and that kind of relieved us of so much yeah. pressure and tension. And mm-hmm. now we all feel really engaged in, in what we're doing. We're all helping each other get the, get the work done, but it feels good to have individual responsibility and also you know group input because we're the best decisions are made as a group but they're also they all move forward best when one person is kind of in charge of them so it's really exciting
3: yeah really yeah i, I feel like wolf labs evolved a lot and you know It has. It's good because you let it, you know, you you take in whatever direction, like COVID too. That was another thing, you know, (laughs) we can't meet in person anymore. So we just started meeting online and we ended up writing a blog and it's awesome. (laughs) You know, like it wasn't something that we were doing before, but it's just evolved in whatever way it organically needs to.
2: Yeah. And that was, then we were able to bring in members from outside of Montreal. So now, you know, we're expanding the membership and we're trying to figure out ways of including them in whatever process we're doing, even if they're not involved with, say like an in-person project. And, you know, we're just going to move, we're just going to grow and move with, with the needs of, of the group. Mm. It's, it's really powerful stuff, especially for women. You know, we, we speak very highly of each other and, we're promoting each other and, you know, I was always so scared of calling myself a feminist and I can't believe that I've, I've uh, resisted that that label, I guess, mm. or I'm not sure. And it, it really, <laughs> my whole life is enmeshed in feminist theology and, and yeah. practice.
0: Sweet. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's nice to have <laughs> just a, a collective <laughs> group of like-minded individuals just... Prompting each other up and yeah, cultivating something that you all believe in. That's I'm a fan for sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think often <laughs> about uh, I on, I honestly want to mirror this somehow. Like I've, I I think often about um, like th- like there's expressions like like discipline doesn't exist. It's more about your environment, you know, or like the, you're the average of the f- five people you hang out around with the most. Like you you're creating that for yourself. You're like yeah. hijacking that mechanism. Yes, and, and just ha- you have like a tribe or an army now. Mm-hmm. That's we're it's a like, pack.
3: Yeah. yeah. a pack. wolf <laughs> pack. pack. You know? we, uh, and, and we're putting time aside to, like, actively do things that we love, right? So, like, yes. it's not, you know, like...
1: It hits a lot of nerves, a lot of notes, a lot of... Like,
3: it, it, it's, very, uh, it's very important. And I also think, like, women, you know, there's, like, chess clubs for women, golf teams for women. Why? Because a lot of times these activities were male-only. You know, mm. like, a lot of areas of life were male-dominated for a really mm. long time. There is undoubtedly more male artists than female artists. So I, I feel like I, I know a lot of like men that are gun ho on and able to create these amazing projects and I admire them. And it was always like, you know, in awe of that um, initiative. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here I am now with the support to, you know, I was able to like get into art on my own, but... It skyrockets when you, you know, decide to join um, a collaborative. For me, anyway, I work really well with others. I think it's uh, the, the encouragement and, and the force behind you is, is undeniable.
2: The accountability, too, right? Like, you've got people that you, you don't want to let yourself down, and now all these people are there to help you work toward that, which is, to me, very powerful, too. Like, I, I don't say anything now unless I'm going to actually do it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. With flexibility, you know, where we always uh, remind each other that like this is meant to energize us and not weigh us down. So when anyone is feeling drained or whatever, there's no, you know, uh, no expectation of carrying this load that is really meant for us to to be, you know, to grow. Mm. So it shouldn't it shouldn't hurt too bad. It should hurt just enough that we know we're growing, but not so much that 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 we're um, that we don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, that's
1: fair. I mean, like, you, when you were getting those pillars and you were mm. sticking on what's the exact word, and you said exploration. Yeah, like, that encapsulates a lot of it. It's like this is supposed to be like lighthearted and and there's a purpose and there's a there's a drive and an intent and all that stuff. But like, it's supposed to be doing something yeah. helpful and healthy and and valuable. And it's if it's it, weighing on you and crushing you, then it's like yeah. losing the you the, you know the what? plot. I
3: wouldn't even call it lighthearted, though. I kind of see it as like the gym. Have you ever like <laughs>
1: That's like, true, church is not lighthearted. You compared been, it to church.
3: There's been like some Wolf Lab things that we've done where I worked nights at Wolf Lab when you did parlor project, yeah. like every day for ten days. You know, that wasn't light hearted, that was hard work. Mm. But yeah. you know when you go to the gym and you do hard work and you're like, I'm fucking ripped.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Blood, sweat, tears vibe.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I was like, heart ripped, you
2: know? <laughs> yeah. Like I say exploration because we don't have the answers. We're there to like see what, what we've got to work with and, and where can this go and like let's look at the wound and let's look at the the healing. Let's look at um, this idea and, and go there and just see what we come yeah. up with. You know, Audrey the Explorer, I guess. And uh, I realized <laughs> I was so connected. <laughs> and the self-discovery thing, I mean, we're always, we have a process at the end where we ask, we, we talk about how we witnessed ourselves in the meeting so that we can be vulnerable and share, you know, Whoa. like, oh, you know, I, because a lot of people have that, that negative, that jailer voice inside of them where the whole meeting all they could say to themselves is they don't belong, they don't fit mm-hmm. in, they're not good enough. The
0: Impostor syndrome. That
1: the
2: is Im- so smart. To have yeah. This
1: like meta meeting sort of. Yeah. <laughs> dissect that afterwards.
2: Yeah, and so that we can also um, neutralize those those thoughts and feelings for people if they if they need it, or just to sh- just to take the power out of that yeah. that thought, and then also people can witness themselves and say, "I killed it tonight. I'm doing so much better. I'm really proud of myself." And you know that that space of 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 bearing witness even just to ourselves, I think is really super powerful. Yeah. And
3: the platform to be heard, you know, like mm-hmm. how valuable is that? Like a lot of us go through our lives. We don't feel like anybody, you know, resounds with what it is that we're living. But when you put someone on the spot, like <laughs> how do you, how was tonight for you, mm-hmm. you know? But and not
2: how were we for you? Like this isn't a consumer s- service, like customer service process. Mm-hmm. This is like Wolf Lab is about what you bring. At, right. at the beginning, we normally ask what what are d- what, d- what are you bringing and what are you hoping to receive? And people sometimes say that they brought juice and pencil crayons. But what we're really asking is like, what ideas do you have? And like, what qualities are, are you, you know, are you going to show up with here? And, uh, you know, what vision do you have it's for, like, for like the one team? One step deeper. Yeah, we do but the macro. But also bring juice. But also... Yeah. W- and wine. <laughs> 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 the juice I said juice <laughs> as a very... <laughs> <laughs> it's never juice. <laughs> it's never juice. It's <laughs> mama's juice or yeah. <laughs> whatever. Some type of juice. Yeah. It's no-no juice. <laughs> it's creative juice. Is it is the. very juicy. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. pretty juicy. Is very
3: juicy. That's for sure. It's, um, it's good for the soul. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's the value of having these kind of collective groups where you have like you share the experience together but then you offer that sharing platform afterwards mm-hmm. and how you feel about that moment and uh, i resonate with that at least i don't have a wolf lab but i have uh, where i go to ayahuasca it's uh, we do it collectively in a yeah. ceremonial setting and some of the most powerful work comes at the end of the ceremony when we all sit in our circle one at a time sharing our the experiences debrief. Mm-hmm. you know
2: yeah the debrief is very important yes yeah especially in ceremony and
0: sometimes it's not even about anyone's reaction to what you're saying is just about being heard and just expressing what needs to come out on the surface you know
2: yeah that's a healing circle a talking circle yeah yeah it's it's a very powerful very powerful way to self-reflect and see yourself reflected in other people's experiences yeah yeah
0: and having those pillars of support just bring bring it out of you you know and Mm -hmm. it's you can't simulate that alone it won't happen it needs to be in a collective environment you know and that's the power of Wolf lab and sharing circles and all those kind of things. Yeah. When you have a l- group of like-minded individuals, it, it it doesn't force you, but it brings that side of you out to explore and look at the wound and go for the healing.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting. Um, what I love about lab personally is that we don't just sit around in a circle and talk about stuff. We do things, and it's the, in the doing and the mm. creating and the building and the troubleshooting and the problem solving and the conflict. That helps us go through that process. It's 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 um, so it's a community of praxis, I would say, where you're practicing this internal external. I don't know yeah. reflection.
3: Yeah, I think like doing anything with anyone, you know, if you, if you go for a hike with someone every day for like a year, even if you don't talk, like you're you're you're, you're connecting through your activity, mm-hmm. you know. But I always say like making art with people because yeah. it's like such an emotionally based. I imagine doing ayahuasca also with people. Um, yeah. You know, there are certain activities that you become close really fast because like you know there's layers that are exposed you know there's a lot of you that's Mm. raw Mm -hmm. you know like (laughs) one of our first labs like when we I'm just meeting these (laughs) women for the first time you know we drew this picture of ourselves and I'm talking about what the things in my picture represent and I'm just bawling my eyes (laughs) out in front of you know these new people these strangers um but, you know, you can't help it. You know, you're that's what we're calling on you to do, yeah. you know, to to expose yourself.
0: And it's beyond language sometimes. You yeah. Know. It's just just being there, sharing that experience will just connect you at that level where you can have a friend for years and you didn't share that specific thing with that person. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, shared hardships are very cementing. Yeah, you just feel yeah. like bros after. You're oh, like, we like did uh, it. the ayahuasca is a great example because like every <laughs> single person there, uh, I take a bullet for, you know, and I don't even remember some of their names. And it's just that connection, that barrier is broken right off the bat. That that wall that we all have up, mm-hmm. and it's just because we're all in the collective for the better good of ourselves and for each other. So it's just that bonding.
2: Yeah, it's an yeah. embodied experience, and it's a vulnerable thing to do. Mm. Uh, to to expose yourself because you never know what you're getting into when you do uh, drugs and uh, (laughs) you never know how people are going to perceive you and you never know what depths your mind is going to go to so to be vulnerable in a group of people that you don't know set and setting is so important Mm -hmm. when when you do that stuff that yeah, and then you have this embodied shared experience. It goes into your cellular structure, and I think like the, the exercise that Audrey's talking about when we, it's called the geography of the self, and we we outlined our bodies on craft paper, and then we drew a, a map of how we saw where the mountains and rivers were in our own bodies, and we had you know pens and stickers and things, and everyone drew a map of their of themselves and what it looked like to them, and to share why why there's fire here and 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 you know why it's broken there and why there's flowers there and it was just so powerful because we're all connected to our bodies and we and to draw the body with your hand and it, they're all on the floor yeah. and we're down there these
3: manifestations of your pain of your joy you and know your story and uh, mm. i got actually had mm. the pleasure of doing the exercise twice and my first one and my second one weren't at all the same Me i felt too. like my first one um, I was really new to the group, you know, it was one of my <laughs> first first days. Oh yeah. And, um, <laughs> I've got chills. Yeah, I it, it was very yeah. the pains that I were discussing were surface pains, you know, an ex-boyfriend here, <laughs> um, you know, some high school acne there, I don't know. And uh the second time I felt because I had been in lab for so long, I felt a little bit more like an overseer of other people. And I felt like it was my responsibility to divulge even more. So I went real deep yeah. and I talked about some personal things, health issues, really deep battles that I've and to let that go. And and I felt like I I was doing others a favor that you can be super vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You can expose it all. And it doesn't matter, yeah. you know, you're still you, you know, and then at and the you're end, perfect.
2: Right. And when, when we're done, we have these beautiful diamond shaped stickers that when, whenever someone would say like, I hate this thing of me, you know, then we would say, oh, wow, what a treasure. And we would put diamond stickers on those places that we cherished about this person's story. And we rolled these, these maps up like treasure maps and handed them to each other and, yeah. and shared like what we like really graduation. saw. Like a scroll, yeah, Yeah, and and to do that ceremony to kind of remove the veil from reality into spirit world or this world into spirit world and to let people have the it's it's very similar experience to what you're talking about.
0: It's we're tapping into the the same truth just from different avenues. Yeah, Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: So so. So wolf labs like that.
2: Yeah, wolf labs like that. (laughs) Just like that. (laughs) Any any gents
0: where you where you look underneath the veil and and observe what's the driving forces behind Mm -hmm. what you do and who you are that's ceremony. You know, it doesn't matter if you're drinking ayahuasca or if you're doing a wolf lab. Um, what, what was that called? The body geography? Right? Yeah. Geography
2: of the self. That's beautiful. Yeah. But like yeah.
0: even going to a vipassana where you meditate for 10 days, let's, you're all tapping into that same process of just self and observing and being mm-hmm. there for each other to observe that same mechanism as well.
3: I, I think that like, um, you know, there's certain drugs that have this ability to break everything down. Yeah. And, I think that you almost don't have a choice but to sort of look through these doors of perception and feel this, for me, open wound of empathy just oozing, you know. Uh, But I think art is the way that we can do it ourselves. Yeah. And it's um, taskful and it's hard, laborious, but... um, it's also like I, I just think it, it's like the way the human sort of breaks everything down without any assistance of uh, you know exteriors or natural substances, really. I mean, but yeah, it, it's a pretty interesting exercise. Obviously, there's I, I think that you know certain drugs are sort of the the highway to that, you know, so or that, like a
1: like a bus versus like taking a ski trip, you know, like like <laughs> sure. the. Yeah it's, it's <laughs> it propels you it's like I, s- sometimes it doesn't stick, it needs to be integrated, right. but if you're if you're going to master a skill and put it on display and get better and better like it's 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 like a time sink, but like in a good way like it's it's so it's more earned
2: well, there's no guarantee with either that's a good point that's <laughs> true. you're going to get what you need that's it. always because you're asking for your experience, and so how you want to use that to your advantage is is really. All you, That's it's a every, good point. I yeah. guess it's
1: just ego. Like if I drink a cup of ayahuasca, I didn't do anything. I mean, I, I feel like brave maybe. That's about it because I, I, everyone else seems brave to me. So I like, put that on myself mm-hmm. eventually. But if I sit down and like master a skill and then other people start telling me like this is good enough or even great, then I can kind of, my ego can go, oh, okay, like I did this. <laughs> I can earn my, or own, I should say, my, my
2: improvement. They're both messy experiences. Like yeah. you, you, either way, you're, you're going to look at yourself that's the whole point, right? You're, you're just you're, you're asking for a reflection mm-hmm. and you're gonna give it to yourself regardless. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy to know that you opened up more on the second one. I really I, like, commend yeah, you for that you because know. yeah, because like um, as ambassadors of yeah of the I Wolf felt Lab, like
3: I, you know we, she, she uh, incorporated as a nonprofit, And we had to sign on. So I went to sign on with you as the vice president and I -hmm. I have that responsibility now, you know, I have that responsibility to move others in the same way that Mm. you task yourself to do, you know, and it's not easy. I know that like a lot of times, you know, you you don't you don't get to feel like you're reaping the benefit. You're teaching the benefit, you know, but
2: uh,
3: (laughs) it's a nice feeling also, you know. It's a really nice feeling, but it's funny. The last time I was here, right before COVID, so three months ago, uh, between now and then, I did LSD for the first time. Cool. And uh, Well, not for the first time, but for the first time where I really felt it. I think that the times that I did it before, it just it didn't mm. click. And uh, this time, everything was art to me. I had so many ideas for these art projects just because it breaks everything down and it like mm. forces you to, so like, yeah, like maybe you, you drink a cup of ayahuasca, you don't, you don't do anything, but you get to see that what you've already done. Mm-hmm. Like who you, cause who you are already, you're already creating art every day. You know, like I was talking to someone the other day, you go to Subway, you get a sandwich, it's art, you know? Like everything that you do and <laughs> everything that you've done for yourself and all the notes that you've left for yourself over time, for mm-hmm. me, like these are things that you can observe by participating in these things. And it was an absolutely incredible experience.
0: Nice. Good. I'm happy to hear that.
3: Yeah. Really That's wild stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you do it in like a ceremonial setting or you just uh, took se-
3: it and semi, just I'd say semi-sem... Yeah. I did it with her.
0: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> always
3: ceremonial. <laughs> yeah.
0: Always. <laughs> oh yeah. There's always, if if done properly, it is a form of ceremony. It doesn't need to be in a giant sharing circle or whatever.
2: Yeah. No, we did ceremony. Yeah. We yeah. We did a reading. We sat in a circle. We named our intentions. Nice. We called in the ancestors. It was very That's ceremonial. Beautiful and uh we did it with a nice breakfast for Sing in the morning yeah. and there's that's three sweet. of us and uh that's
0: fun yeah,
2: yeah. and and it, it, and it and it unfolded like a uh, an epic poem it was full of metaphor that all wove together and at the end it was like tight like nicely knotted in a beautiful bow and and uh, yeah, forever changed from from that one in particular. Yeah, <laughs> I for, do like to trip. It, it, <laughs> that one was a really good one. It was really
3: emotionally like everything was really emotionally positive yeah. for me. I think that was the most distinct thing was I didn't expect it to be so emotionally driven, mm. um, mm-hmm. but I just like the whole day like wept tears of joy. I don't know. <laughs>
1: That's the set. Yeah. You you had uh, some good stuff to work for,
0: and yeah. work with. What yeah. I through. said too is that it's not what you want, it's what you need out of the experience. So that mm-hmm. at that moment is what you needed what what needed to be expressed.
3: Yeah, know? I uh mm-hmm. I went home. I drove myself home and I just kind of like felt all this like pride in myself for for, you know, being brave enough to go to the mm-hmm. Middle East to to, you know, do a road trip by myself in BC to do LSD yeah. and uh pride myself to sleep with a big smile on my That's face. Awesome. <laughs> so
2: day. many things that you've done for yourself, yeah, 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 I'm very and, proud for of and for others, and for others, too. My love, thanks.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's it's important to remind ourselves of that sometimes. A yeah. mm-hmm. little self tap on the back is so Oof. rare for a lot of us. It's yeah. needed. I'm and noticing
1: this. Like I I never would describe myself as pessimistic, but it is something that is revealed to me. And now I'm reading this David Goggins book, and he says, build a fucking cookie jar. Like when you are running like fucking 50 kilometers, and you're body is screaming at you like you need things to pull out and be like why am i doing this or what have mm-hmm. i done before mm-hmm. that's made me a badass or whatever your language yeah. of choice
0: and it creates momentum yes.
2: like a fortune jar. <laughs> cookie jar that's even
1: better yes i love that like a self
2: <coughs> yeah we have a swear jar at wolf lab if yeah. you speak poorly about yourself you have to put money in it we
3: can we can make like a that's, that's dope and also we should have for, we should sure. have a
2: fortune we should cookie jar <laughs> i love
3: that yeah that's I, I to have them too. Yeah. You're, you're talking about like, yeah, that that <laughs> internal cool. monologue that is nice to you. Yeah, it's super important. Super. I'm, I'm like my own biggest fan and I'm totally fine with that. I mean, <laughs> well, f-
1: you, you, st- you 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 coax those flames in me last
0: time you were here. I still <laughs> here. want to hit you on that point that you said that maybe that when you drink ayahuasca, it's, you do that and it's done. Sometimes drinking that cup is the hardest fucking Getting thing. Getting there to do. is fucking and all the I don't word. want you to sell that exp- I don't want you to to sell that experience short because that is such a powerful from the decision you decide to go and and sign up to these ceremonies to that's, the moment that's you where get it really there. Starts, yeah. That all that requires so much courage. Mm-hmm. Up until drinking that cup is so much courage. I so. wouldn't
1: have gone if you didn't point that out the first time. You were telling me, like, dude, this is going to happen. This is the roadmap. Like, you're gonna, uh, your ego <laughs> is going to pop out of the woodwork and find every reason for you to get the fuck out of there. It's
0: usually the week or two before. Yeah. Mm. You all this chatter. Yeah. Oh, I uh, you I, was I, think right. I figured out these issues. I don't need to go. I don't need to go. All up till that moment, you'll have that little chatterbox. Yeah, that's fun. So I, I wouldn't categorize that as doing nothing. It's quite a bit is happening. I, I
1: accidentally sold the the whole thing short. It's, it's I, the thing whole I do. And your
3: life leading you to that. <laughs> moment. Accidentally, yeah, you, right. You, you, you could yeah. be somebody completely different. Um, you know, I I I don't want to speak negatively about any lifestyle, but without speaking negatively, you know, you could be. Um, Living in in Rosemary, working at an IGA, you know, you could not be living the life that you are now and the life that you are now, who you are is fantastic, you know, and and leading yourself to that moment Mm -hmm. where you drink that like you need to be proud of that Mm -hmm. every step that you've taken to arrive
1: and when you put it that way it's easy it's like a tensegrity it's like you if you if you negative one thing it kind of negatives everything it's like a it's like a filter or a lens and then if you're like mm-hmm. no look at all the stuff that led me to who i am now mm-hmm. if i love that i kind of like ipso facto love myself now
2: well yeah well paths taken paths not taken we we do both and sometimes we don't have access to certain paths because of environment or voices or whatever uh colonize like all of that stuff spiritual practices and so that makes us t- you know take certain paths and avoid other paths and and then mm-hmm. as we grow and learn sometimes we can get back to paths that we didn't know were available to us yeah. it's it's a you know it's funny because i i had um a Facebook memory of a quote from the parlor project from s- seven it. years ago or something. Oh, Segway.
1: I was going to ask you obviously, but please continue. Oh,
2: okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it was, it's my tag, my tagline. It's what the whole, the whole show is based on. And it was a Facebook, you know, memory of this quote. And I thought, wow, yeah, my future self has been laying this path for me mm-hmm. yeah. for seven years. This part of this yeah, path. All the stuff you're made of. And so I trust my future self to have the, my best intentions in mind. And I don't have to have all that stuff figured out. I just have to be here and squeeze every, you know, suck the marrow out of this moment. Because I know whatever's coming That's has, so cool. has got to be Great. If it, you know, if I've come this far and if what I, what I was chewing on seven years ago, has it revealed itself in this way? Wow. It's like your power of intention
1: is like really. Oh, I had no intention
2: at that time, but it's an unfolding, right? They say nothing in the universe ever grew from the outside in. So we're just constantly flowering. And so whatever, whatever energy was coming up, you know, from the Taurus, the Taurus shape that we are. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's manifest, it's crystallized. That's so cool. Because that, whatever that quote was, it, I've kept that with me for this long, and it's meant something to me so much, so that I was able to to create this entire and uh, and you movement. And you,
1: you said something that's like a that's a quote that's stuck in my mind. I, I made a bookmark out of it. Like I, I try to tell myself this often because I do not live by it, but you do apparently, and it's paying. Um, our job is not to n- worry about what is possible. Our job is to strive. I said that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? I don't remember. Maybe Sadguru actually. He says like it's nature's job to figure out yeah. what's possible. It's your job to just do your best, and and that's yeah. Mm-hmm. Y- that was like the gold. Yeah, in the just of be okay.
2: Just be okay with what's happening, and and don't be afraid of the experience that's that the universe is like meeting you with sincerity halfway to your success. Mm -hmm. So if it's, if you're feeling pain, it's cause the universe knows you need this pain for whatever's coming. Mm -hmm. So thank you for this pain. I hate it, but, (laughs) but, but I will cherish it. I will cherish it. A lot of that comes with
0: trusting the process. Yeah, trusting the process
2: is yeah. huge. You know, yeah. trusting yourself. That's I always it. tell
3: Amber, it's like our little joke. I say, I'll let future Audrey yeah. take care of that because <laughs>
1: not that in a anxiety dismissive way you know?
3: of not thinking that you can handle it. Mm-hmm. You can handle anything, and you yeah. will, and yeah. you will, and it's the process, and it's you, and to know that everything will be fine. Yeah, you know, but that I think that exists in the realm of being fine with everything.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people don't even feel that's an option. But it really is. I mean, it's a practice. Let's well, it's just it
2: accepting it. I mean, you can't change reality. You you can, you can mediate it in any way you want to, but you still have to accept it. And uh, yeah, I always say the process of creation is the creation. Like the product is not as important as the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my product never stops. Like it's always changing. Like whatever I'm doing with my art, it you know, it's always evolving, blooming in a different way and in different paths that I've decided to take or not take. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's crazy. It's like a constant redaction of the self without, without a hardship or like a harshness, just kind of like, I'm growing, I'm doing this. And then you're not redacting the work per se, but you're just, you're letting that speak for itself. But it's like, Fruits that are just falling off the tree that is you, you know, mm-hmm. like just okay, next, next.
2: Well, next. well said. And fruit can only really fall from the tree when it's super, super ripe. You can't rush that process. It's and true. if you pick it too soon, it's super bitter mm. and, and it resists and it, it, and it gives you that weird <laughs> thing on your tongue like spiders are crawling up it. And you know, when you've picked your fruit too soon, and you know what, you got to plant the seed again and start over from the beginning. Yeah, it's the, just the, the, that's uh, the, the creative process just works that way. And
0: that's presence being. Mm-hmm. In the moment aware of what's what's coming, what's ripening. It's presence is a big practice in its own, but Oof.
1: it is the <laughs> practice. <laughs> but that's all advice that's boils what will down lead to you to wherever present.
0: you wanna where your goals are, whatever. It has to be those present moments of focusing on whatever's going on and cultivating at that exact moment. Yeah. You know? And trusting mm-hmm. <laughs> trust and presence and the process are all complex ideas, but trusting the process, staying present with it, it's just gonna happen the way it unfolds.
1: Yeah, there's yeah. there's life traps or blocks or something. Like, yeah. the goal is presence. It becomes obvious. Like I said, you look at all these pieces of advice, and they're all essentially saying you need to be mindful so that you yes. can blank. Whatever you need to do, you need to be in the controller seat or the observer seat.
3: Yeah, well, just to, to accept, right? Yeah. To to blank mm. to accept, to accept anything, you know? And, and acceptance, you know, synonymously with happiness, right? Like, to to be unfortunately like we're all gonna have really bad shit happen to us we're all gonna die you know so I think like the ultimate goal is whether it's good or it's bad acceptance. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying, you know, if you're in a bad situation to just accept it. Yes, always try to, you know, better your situation. Mm. But, you know, that ultimate reality of knowing that your life is okay, even when it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like when you make art, you know, I, sometimes I make art and I have people point things out like, oh, this should be like this, or it's not perfect. Well, I like it like mm-hmm. that. And I like it imperfectly. Nice. And and to, to be a fan of imperfection. Uh, in life, I think is really useful mm-hmm. and um, to know that you know things that are not okay are, are okay
2: yeah acceptance yeah. isn 't passive exactly. it''s, it's uh, i think it 's a decision mm-hmm. to to really take inventory of what 's actually happening
0: mm-hmm. and
2: to decide from there mm-hmm. but to uh, to pretend like it is something else is a detriment to yeah just it just, uh, it just no means it 's going to take longer to <laughs> you know, you got to start over again That's every time true. you try to rush something or pretend like something is something else. Then you know, you know, everyone knows about starting over again. Yeah,
0: you know, there's wisdom in starting over again, though.
2: Uh, well, because yes. yeah, all of the experience from the, the last time. I had <laughs> and this the time conversation with that. a
0: friend because we were, <laughs> we we're talking about mistakes. Plus, we're talking about mistakes and nerd jokes. I'm we Sorry, used, <laughs> we use the. Uh, <laughs> We use like a U-turn, uh, not a U-turn, a cul-de-sac as an example. And she was, she was telling me that she hates when she has to redo things and come back around. I'm like, you know what? And I just stayed present and observed what a cul-de-sac really is. And it's actually so much wisdom in there because you make the wrong turn and you have to come out of it from the opposite side. Mm-hmm. And if you're really present, you observe now. And there's wisdom there because you see how exactly you got there mm-hmm. and you understand exactly how to get out of there. And then you continue on. So it's like there's so much wisdom in those in those in those wrong turns and those u- in those U-turns restarting. There's just so much wisdom if you're present to gain from it, you know. And and, De- and there's a lot to be present
3: yeah. about, you know. Like everyone in your environment yeah. is carrying these like yeah, stacked ideas of trauma of joy, you know. So maybe you're just not paying attention, you know. If you're not happy, mm-hmm. you know, there's so much <laughs> to be present about. That's
1: a cool thought. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it's, it's
1: really i really resonate with that like um uh, unhappiness might be like a kind of narrow vision uh, yeah. uh, just
3: you, you know what my therapist used to tell me all the time never be so consumed with your own emotions that you can't hear a bird chirping out your window mm. there's a whole world that exists beyond your unhappiness Mm. that you could participate in. Mm.
1: The universe is more you know, expansive than a single mind.
3: If, if, you, if you take <laughs> He Doesn't Love Me and you put it in your back pocket and you go kayaking and you go see your sister and you hold a baby and you call your grandma.
0: Mm-hmm. Take a deep it's breath. It's just a thing. Taking a deep breath of free air.
3: You know, if you yeah. take These I'm all really t- sick. That's a big one. You fold that up, you put it in your back pocket and you go for a bike ride. You call your dad, you know, there's things, um, that we have access to.
2: Yeah. It's like improv. It's yes. And it's not yes, but it's yes. And all of those things can be, you know, appreciated and held in balance and looked at, at any given time. All of the things exist but we can only pay attention to one thing at a time. So whereas the, the human gift of focus is so precious and so valuable and we can totally pay attention to our unhappiness and we can make that last as long as we possibly can and, you know, we're allowed to do that. And we're also allowed to take a different type of inventory if we feel like it.
0: I visualize like putting down the magnifying glass, you know. Mm. Sometimes we're just focusing on this part of our life or this moment. Just put it down for one second, look up in the room.
3: You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: That's so
2: true. I call so, it a, the etch a sketch. You know, a moment <laughs> where you have to like just shake it, yeah. like let everything shake go. Shake
3: it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, it's <laughs> that practice the, in B- Buddhism that they they draw like these incredible yeah. mandalas on sand. Yeah. And, yeah. and then as soon as it's done, they're <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
3: impermanence. it's very much like
2: life.
0: Practice yeah, of it impermanence.
1: Is, yeah. That's I've always been obsessed with that. I see like um, graffiti artists. No, why are you doing that? Just yeah, it's right. like no, take a picture, put it on no, Instagram. It's not like what it's about. I, my friend made this beautiful piece of art, and then he did a throw up on top of it, like he like he destroyed it as soon as it was done.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, "What are you?" And he's like, "I'm a graffiti artist, bro. Like, it's not my wall. <laughs> it's my art." Yeah, I walk away. This is gonna be gone in two days anyway. If the city has their way, like this is. I mean, ho- hopefully he's doing it legally, but like he, there's no attachment and. That bled into his whole art the misery. career. The attachment becomes it is the misery. It is because you're either going to love or hate your your past work, and maybe hating it is a little more of a fuel for for creating more. But either way, you're focusing on the wrong thing. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> yeah, I uh, I was telling Amber that when I was a kid, um, I I had to move like twelve times right around the time I got sick. So it wasn't it wasn't the best, and I learned not to hold on to anything because it's really hard to move when you have a lot of shit. You know? yeah. mm. So, you know, you, you get rid of stuff, you know, and, and you learn that, like, it's, it's like a, a Marie Kondo ideology. You know, if it doesn't serve you, let it go mm-hmm. as much physically as emotionally. And it's funny because as an artist, I really do like my past work, but there's a point in time where, you know, I can't just hoard all this stuff and I'd like to sell all of it, but these things take time. And I I recently painted over, and I just used the canvas I couldn't go buy a new one so I just painted over it with something new and I let it go yeah and um I I think that that is also a really big there was also another painting that I thought maybe I didn't want to sell and then I asked myself especially to the person that I was that was wanting to buy it I I kind of felt weird about it I didn't know I'm still undecided on it actually, but, uh, I'll let future Audrey,
2: (laughs) but it's okay to
3: let it go. It's okay to, and in life we're going to have to let go of absolutely everything. You're going to go out of here naked and alone.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And it's not sad. No. It's really okay to just be with the holy you,
0: you know? It's an illusion that we own anything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's all an illusion. And the more we realize it, it, easy, it doesn't get it easier to let go, but understanding that letting go is part of the process. It's an expectation. Yeah. Yeah.
3: The idea you should have a certain career, that you should be an artist, that you should date somebody, that mm-hmm. you should have a child. The only thing These that matters stories. is how you feel when you wake up in the morning. It's the only thing that matters.
2: Right. I think it's important, too, to allow people a chance to grieve the things they're letting go of sure. because we don't give a lot of space for that. And the world right now with COVID, everyone is grieving something, and we're not used to grief. we That's a, an emotion that... It's a process of emotions that we uh, have a hard time being vulnerable about. And a lot of us don't have a lot of education on what that is and what it looks like and what it feels like and how much it can come back in cycles and that it's not a perfect yeah. process or practice. And, uh, and, and so um, to be able to, instead of numbing out what grief is, is to fully experience it helps in the letting go yeah. but to allow someone to grieve is a painful thing to do mm-hmm. we just want to stop that bad feeling in, in people that we love or even if it just makes us feel uncomfortable or how come, you know, I didn't get to grieve my thing or whatever's going on in there I think um, the letting go is the is one of the, it's the acceptance part of the process of grief mm-hmm. all the the five emotions or whatever you go through But uh, I think to make a container for grief is really important, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And really honor it.
1: Do you you think it's like because it's so, I don't know, everything's like so time bound and it is like a process that that is seemingly random? Is that why there's not a lot of space for it? Or is it just a kind of ego... Defensiveness of not wanting to feel the vulnerability. I mean, it's probably a mix of both, I guess.
2: I think it's cultural. I think all it's cultures difficult. have different ways of approaching grief and uh, of what, what you're allowed to grieve. But the reality is, is that any time you have to say goodbye to something that was, you have to allow for... Uh, the process of decay to come in to your, into your cellular structure, whatever it looks like, your emotional structure. And, but you know, we all know what compost does. It helps the flowers grow. So to trust that process and to not, not, you know, move past it too quickly, I think is really important. And, and, to claim it. You know, I'm grieving right now. I need to do this. It's okay that I'm doing it. It doesn't mean I'm going to be bawling my eyes out forever. It just means that if I don't do it fully, it's never going to go away. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to be able to do another painting or date again or, yeah or, or get another job or whatever, whatever we're, or, you know, get a new apartment, whatever the thing that we're letting go of is. It can be as, as simple as just an idea we had about ourselves, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's like linked to something else that you believe. It's all mm-hmm. association. It's, you make it sound mm-hmm. like alchemy. Like it's, It is. it is. Yeah, it's a well, it, process. It, it it's like scientific but emotional. And you're not energy. sure when it's done, but you know when it's done. And,
2: and yeah, and it's not going to – everything just moves, just keeps moving. So.
1: I think we have to wrap up soon, but I would love Great. for you to talk about the parlor Project a little bit oh. if you – I don't, know, I don't want you know, What do you know fo- about
2: the parlor project? I know nothing.
1: I, I tried to explain <laughs> it to him and, <laughs> I, and I realize uh, I can put it in f- like very clumsy words. You know, I just imagine it being this kind of it's an art show, it's a it's a gallery of photos, of videos too, I think. Mm-hmm. But you're there as well, so mm-hmm. there's kind of like ceremonies and conversations and maybe prepared talks. Like I'm really v- like vague, uh, vacant on the details.
2: It's very mysterious.
1: It is. <laughs>
2: um because of the uh, of the coming into your humanity that happens when you're there. But yes, so the original parlor is uh, an installation immersive uh, piece where I I did, um, as a sex worker, I took before and after selfies uh, every time I would see a client. And I had over 1,800 pieces of visual data that I needed to present in a certain way. And uh, I couldn't distill them down into like six, you know, this wasn't going to be some contemporary... photo exhibit where you just saw these six pieces where you, you know, got to pinpoint these moments of my life. What I did was I found 17 sets of before and afters that spoke to a a spectrum of my experience as a sex worker. And, uh, and then I, um, cover a wall in the other 1500 that I can show the public (laughs) before and afters of my experience. And then um, there's some installation pieces of ways that you can interact with my experience, um, and then after you kind of feel me or see, you kind of reflect on yourself while you're in the space. But then we we hold a ceremony where there's video projections uh, of um, archetypes of of women, especially uh, sexualized women that I've experienced, uh, and then I break down these archetypes. I kind of dance back and forth between it being a projection and a performance that of ceremony that I do that breaks down the archetypes and reframes them into a very human space. And, um, it's based off of this poem called, uh, the Spider and the Fly, which is starts off, "Come into my parlor," said the spider to the fly, and it's just basically about this super seductive fly who like eats this really stupid spider for going into her her trap, which was uh, an, I, an archetype of se- of women, sexualized women that I thought of my, most of my life, and then I realized it's far more nuanced than that. But that's the that's the story that we're told, and so I'm my work uh, in the Parlor Project is really to help people see themselves. In something that is very taboo, which is meant to be a, a source of intimacy, and I also at the same time afterward we do a debrief,
0: hmm.
2: so people can share their experience, which is where a lot of healing happens and uh, and and my goal really is to elevate the language we use about sex workers like say I say medicine women because uh, I, w- there's a lot of healing that happens in, in intimate spaces that we're not addressing right now. And if we start talking about women like they're doctors and professionals in this world, then we won't kill them and beat them and stop giving them access to resources and funding and safety that they that they deserve inherently for being born, but most especially for having this great gift that they offer the world. And uh, so that's... I don't know if that's it in a nutshell, but, um, COVID happened. I had a tour (laughs) prepared and then COVID happened and I had to grieve the, this experience and redefine what it's going to look like in the future. So I've got some ideas, but, um, I don't know, Audrey can speak to parlor a little bit and she was there for so much of it. And, um, you know, it was my show, but I had so many people collaborate with their expertise and, uh, to have my pillars with me for the experience was profound. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, I don't know, Audrey, you referred to it as...
3: <laughs> a frying pan to the face. <laughs> 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 it's quite shocking. I think in most things that you do, uh, being like a master of ceremony that you are, um, you, it's a church, again, where you bring people to an understanding and an accepting of everyone. Uh, I think that the debrief is like half of it. It is mm-hmm. a huge unpacking for people
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, of not only what they've just seen, but of their own shame, their own awe. You know, if some women come in there and they see themselves. Some men come in there and they see the shame that society's put on them. Uh, there's all kinds of people from all kinds of walks of life. And I think that, uh, you are the mediator, and um, you do it exquisitely. And uh, yeah, it was a really beautiful. It inspired me to. I did a, a huge paint a painting of Amber taking a, a selfie of herself. It's super inspiring. It's inspiring for a lot of other artists. There's another artist that did uh, a full, a life size painting of Amber nude as well as a friend of mine. And yeah, it's. It really, I make it a lot. Really, <laughs> yeah, a lot of nudity. <laughs> But yeah, I think it's uh, cool. very unique in its uh, in what it is, and uh, I, I think it is a ceremony above anything else. Mm-hmm.
2: That yeah, it, it's, it's, met, it's the Parlor Project Spider, Fly, and Web is the full name of it. And I, what I really want people to engage with is the idea that we're neither spider nor fly, that we are the web, and that we're merely reflections and projections off of each other at these intersections, these articulations of our human experience, kind of like Indra's web, I guess. Hmm. And, uh, and everyone who comes sees themselves... In some way, it's really interesting and profound. Just like feminism, it kind of meets you where you're at. And I didn't expect it; I didn't know what it was going to be until it was. And it's still evolving, like all things. But um, I really hope that I, I hope that COVID gets you know through quickly so we can Get the ball do more ceremony. Yeah, because it's a very it's an intimate ceremony because you are engaged in a very vulnerable setting. Uh, you're you're um, participating with an erotic object, which is me, and so all of the things that you bring to that it comes to the surface. But you're sharing that experience while other people are doing the exact same thing. It's mm. it,
1: big, vulnerable. It's very sure.
2: vulnerable, and the tears, the the cathartic healing that comes from that holy water from our eyes. It's 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 um, it sounds beautiful. It's really beautiful, yeah. and. Uh, uh, I cherish it. I just feel really grateful and and honored that that the that creative process came through me. That's part of the paths that I got to take. Yeah.
1: Wow, mm-hmm. so cool. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> like I, I guess I I'm, I wasn't sure, but I imagined it being like a little like stilted, like wanting to to show something specific, but like true to your kind of like style. It's really just kind of a mirror. It's like this flipping coin. Where yeah. There's, there's like it's just it just ends up being a reflection of you. You don't really get to see the the heads or tails of it because all that's left is like the image.
2: Yeah, and I think because uh, you know we look at women th- through a screen over and over and over again, and so we flatten them out. And so I I put up images of me on a screen that have that have been to my benefit or not, and I stand in front of them as a human body, and I let people look at uh, some some. Would call it pornographic uh, stuff, (laughs) imagery, and I stand in front of it to challenge people to see the person that that made that thing behind the screen, and you know,
1: there's like a 2.5D. There's like the picture, then then you're there, and there's just like this energy flowing from the archetype into the human.
2: Yeah, and what it makes you do is is uh, break down the your projection. You start to see what you're projecting onto a human and it can be really uncomfortable or it can be a r- real turn on. <laughs> I don't know. Like yeah. it can go either way.
3: The, the amount of, uh, expressions of these projections that we heard, some of them from people I know, I, I mean, working the show, I invited some of my friends to the show and, mm-hmm. and I could hear, you know, like, Oh, like I, I usually it's at the beginning, you know, I'm walking around the room and I'm talking to people trying to, you know, pick up on, on the room. Yeah. Mm. Some people, oh she can't be happy. She looks so sad. I had one friend tell me she looks so sad. And then I had another friend, both both males, come in and this is a vulgar display of power. And yet another friend, wow, she's such a badass. So it's there's this variant <laughs> Three cocktail. Beats. And, yeah. Yeah. and and that's by cool. and that's always at the beginning. Yeah. And by the end there's this thing that rounds out in where we're aware that it's perception. Yes.
1: Mm
2: yeah That's and we're journey. all bearing deep witness to one another by bearing witness to me and by me bearing witness to, to everyone in the room wow. yeah it's
3: incredible it's a very important piece of art and
0: uh well, hopefully I this I can was, operate uh, again because i'd love to uh attend maybe, something yeah. like that yeah, yeah. I, I'll, go you, yeah. I'll go <laughs> with <twice. People, laughs> you I,
2: I invited people back for free if they came once and we had people cool. come at least four times wow. and they became ambassadors yeah yeah beautiful beautiful show
1: I can't wait! I can't wait. We no got to end it here. Okay. We yeah. Got yeah. Wow. Show. Thank you. Yeah, that was really fun. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, thank you both
0: for coming on. It was. Uh, yeah. That
2: come was back wonderful. soon. Yeah. Cool.
1: <laughs> Love talking to you guys. <laughs> thank
3: <Yeah>. you. <laughs> Always fun. Yeah. Always fun. It yeah.
2: cool. Really great. Yeah. yeah. Yay.
0: Okay.
3: <laughs> How do we
1: end? Stay curious. Yeah. <laughs> Love you all. We have like Aww. a catchphrase
0: or something. Yeah, yeah. Stay curious. <laughs> <laughs>